What's up, Whisper Nation? We're talking the way too early fantasy football for the 2019 PPR rankings at the tight end position, and we're doing it right here on the 64th episode of the Fantasy Whispers. It's Monday, June 3rd, and you're listening to the Fantasy Whispers with your host, Johnny Game Time Hicks and Big Travi, and I'm Chelsea. And if you want to follow the show, and you know you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find us at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers. And you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We have articles, latest episodes, rankings, and in July, which is literally just days away, we're going to be launching that draft kit. So you know you want to get to thefantasywhispers.com to check that out. Right on, Chelsea. Well, thank you so much. Chelsea's back with us after a week off. Welcome back. I mean, I guess she just does whatever she wants. She's the boss here now. Also, do we say that she's like, can we technically say she's back in the lab if she's the one behind the glass? Like, can that even be possible? Was the glass in the lab? I I mean, mean, I'm definitely here. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. And I was hardly really away. I was actually doing some deep journalism work oh. out in the Whisper Nation. Yeah, oh. so I actually uh, brought some questions to the show from the Whisper Nation, and I want to yeah, throw tra- them out there. Is that okay, okay with you guys? Yeah, yeah we, do we no longer should question Chelsea, the one behind the glass. That's what yeah, this is all boils freedom. down to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, from uh, Facebook, we've got Travis Carney asking, yo, what's up with Tyreek Hill and who will take his production if he's cut or suspended? And I think that's a when he's cut or suspended, but that's just me. Right. Uh, first of all, Travis Carney, great name. Uh, you have a great name. Uh, <laughs> one for Travis, but two, Carney. Like, Carneys are the best. Uh, anyways, um, I'm glad he brought Tyreek- this up, though, yes, because we didn't well, get perfect. To, yeah, we didn't get to talk about this last episode on our wide receiver episode. And I actually really want to bring this up. So, yeah, Travis, what what are your thoughts on it? Well, I just look at what Tyreek Hill is going to leave when he is cut from this team. And that's 129 vacated targets and 12 touchdowns. Woo. And I think you're seeing this baked into Travis Kelsey, who we will talk about at the top of the show or bottom of the show. As this is the reason why Kelsey is in a tier above himself with himself right now. You look at that top three that finished last year. You had Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle, right? And so the the line of thinking is all three of these guys could do that again, and they still could. But I think Kelsey is the safest bet to reach that pinnacle again because of this news with Tyreek Hill. I feel like Kelsey is in a good spot to be the dominant tight end one this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with your your uptick. We'll talk about Travis Kelsey, obviously, and, and I 100% agree with that. But I also see an upgrade for uh, Sammy Watkins, for sure, a big upgrade for Sammy Watkins. And I actually think that we'll, as the season continues to get closer and closer and we find out more and more about the suspension, his ADP will actually rise quite a bit. And the other guy that I look to take a major jump would be Demarcus Robinson, Travis. He actually had a decent rapport uh, with Pat Mahomes last year. He had a couple of games where he really, really popped off and had a couple of touchdowns scored in those games. So we know the chemistry is at least somewhat there. So um, and, and I think that he would step into that role. I don't think that they would put the rookie in right away. He's still kind of raw and needs to be developed a little bit more. So, but I would say the two main ones are going to be Sammy Watkins and and Kelsey are going to be the two guys that 
you're going to really look to on that team as far as wide receivers. Uh, and I then obviously Damian Williams. But Yep. Awesome. Well, Scott Hurley wants to know, and he kind of said it really uh, interestingly, so you guys get to fill in the blank here. He wants to know why blank team sucks every year. So, Travis, <laughs> who would you fill in the blank with that is just destined for suckage every oh, year? Oh, man. Well, I, I got to go with the Jets here. I just feel like the Jets, they did a good job last year. They drafted Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold started to look like somebody that, you know, you could build your franchise around. Then all of a sudden, they hire Adam Gase, and we're like, what are you doing? Uh, Adam Gase wasn't that great in Miami. Why are you hiring him? Because then, Peyton Manning called him up and said, right, listen, right. you're going to hire this guy. That part because they knew the next part was going to happen where <laughs> they spend – you know, over a hundred and some odd million dollars on four players and then fire their GM. I mean, like what is going on in New York here uh, on the other side of, of the sounds like the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or the Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers. Right. So now. the Jets are destined for suckage. Johnny, what about you? I got uh, the Tennessee Titans and I'm going to say it's it's because they don't know what their true identity is. Is it uh, Marcus Mariota is is their franchise quarterback and and he's gonna be able to move the ball? Are they do they have Derrick Henry? Are they a run first team? Uh, but they didn't give Derrick Henry the majority of the carries until the end of last season. We kind of saw that. But I think that's a team that's cons- you know they have Corey Davis there, who's you know everyone in the fantasy community loves Corey Davis. We just don't like his situation, and and so for me, it's just like that's a team that doesn't truly know what their identity is. Are they going to be a pass? Are they going to be a throw um, type of team? And so we continue to see that inconsistency in that team, and it's hard for us to rank those guys because we don't know what they what they are. Awesome. Well, uh, from Instagram, NFL memes are great asks who scores more total points, Mike Evans or OBJ. Love that team name, by the way. That's a great team. Name, <laughs> or a, a great thing. Um, uh, go for it, Johnny. I'm going to, I'm going to say, this is a great question. I'm going to OBJ. I said, I think ultimately now, would I be surprised if Mike Evans, uh, surplanted him absolutely not just because obj has the injury concern and that's kind of where this would question would come in for me is i have more confidence mike evans isn't going to miss any games and we've seen the consistency throughout his career so you look you know me you know my play style i like consistency uh with high upside and so for me mike evans is that guy we know what obj is we know he's fantastic i'm not trying to say he sucks but there's the injury concern and this drama so, yeah. Yeah, Travis, what about you? Mike Evans with I'm, the Jameis Winston behind the ball or OBJ with Baker? I'm going to go with OBJ and Baker. If we're taking the um, – they're both healthy 100% in the season. Let's try and give that caveat here on this. Then I'm going to go with OBJ. And the reason is is because after Freddie Kitchens took over, this offense really hit another level. Only Kansas City and L.A. in that eight-week span had more plays of 20-plus more yards. You put OBJ in that kind of offense that's feasting, and yeah. he's going to score a lot of points, and he's going to do it in bunches. And so, for me, I really like uh, what's going on with OBJ right now and the Cleveland squad in general. Right on. Well, we have one last question, and I'm going to give it up to Alex Caruso for the segue of the year. He <laughs> asks, top three best value tight ends based on ADP, PPR, or non-PPR? 
your choice. Johnny, why don't you take two of these? Give okay. us your first two values. I'll take the third and final one. So one of mine, I would say, would be actually O.J. Howard. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, that's, you know, he's going in the fifth round. Why would you say that's a value for him? Well, because I think that out of the tight ends after the big three that we'll talk about, I think O.J. Howard has the biggest ability to take that leap and be in that top three for next year. And going into next year, we I, I expect us to be talking about him being a, a one of the big three. And then I would say the second one, Travis, um, there's some like deeper dives here. Uh, and I know the guy that you're going to go for, so I won't I won't say him. But I will say the other one that I, I find myself drafting quite often is uh, Jared Cook out of New Orleans. We will be talking about him a little bit later today as well. Uh, but I just like the situation. I like the offense. That's uh, a team that uses the tight end. They need weapons. So uh, I would say Jared Cook is a great value later on in drafts. Johnny, you're banking so hard on the Buccaneers offense this season. You just said Mike Evans and OJ Howard. Hey, yeah, and, well, and, well, and BA we trust. And BA yes, we trust. In, in some situations, you'd be like, oh my God, Tampa Bay. But if you, even with Dirk Cutter, if you look at last year, this team was chucking the ball around. So, yeah. yes, you can trust in that offense to throw the ball. I don't know about running it. We'll get into that deeper. Right. The unfortunately, they're, unfortunately for them, they're not like my Arizona Cardinals where we yeah. were trying to go from the bottom to the top and we have those expectations and it's you know people yeah. are like oh that's unreal for so, tampa bay we've been seeing that so yeah so for my third for the third and final value tight end this is uh we obviously took a ppr stance because these are our ppr uh rankings i'm gonna f roll right into number 10 here of our our ppr rankings that's vance mcdonald's of the mcdonald of the pittsburgh steelers his current adp is 7.06 this guy, look, if we we're going to talk all last week about Juju and all these vacated targets that Antonio Brown is leaving, 164 targets that are leaving the offense, 15 touchdowns that leave this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, we need to talk about the fact that this could affect Vance McDonald in a po positive way as well. And I just look at the way that the Steelers continue to transition this team into Big Ben's team. You know, they've gotten rid of some of the personalities in that locker room because they want this to be Ben's car and he'll drive it. And if that's the case, I mean, there's a lot of beat writers that say that Ben Roethlisberger is essentially the offensive coordinator for this team. They do a lot of no huddle stuff. They do a lot of things that where they just give him the keys. He said, he, I'm the captain now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, if you combine Vance McDonald and Jesse James last year and you put you extrapolate that out, 106 targets, 80 catches, 1033 yards, six touchdowns, a total of 219 in PPR points, 219 PPR points. That would have been good for tight end number five in the league last year. I'm really excited about what Vance McDonald can do with Jesse James gone and with Antonio Brown gone. Uh, yeah, Travis, you, you, the big part, you know, I understand bringing up the Antonio Brown and that's a very valid point, but to me, I'm more so wanting to look at the tight end position and the Jesse James, more specifically, Jesse James and him leaving, right? So Jesse James leaves, and he leaves five targets uh, in the red zone, and he leaves 39 targets in total. Now, even if Vance uh, doesn't receive all of those, which we, you and I both believe he will, considering adding on the fact that Antonio Brown isn't there, um, 
you you like what he's showing, right? He was he was the tight end uh, ten last season, and he was splitting time with Jesse James. You add the what Jesse James targets were in the red zone with what Vance McDonald's red zone touches were and that and that's 15 that would add up to 15 that you like that number that's that's a yeah. number that some of these bigger guys that we're going to talk about a little bit later are getting and so for me I, it's all about opportunity I like the opportunity the guy's a beast we all saw him you know throw smash that uh corner right through the ground and yeah. on his way to a 50-yard touchdown uh, so for the me, stiff arm, the stiff arm that lives in infamy. Exactly. So uh, Vance McDonald is an extreme value and probably I mean, Travis. and I have been talking about this off off air. He's probably one of our favorite guys, to be honest with you. And I, I, I think he's a, a really big sleeper for the tight end position that not a lot of people are talking about currently. Um, yeah, so. a guy that a lot of people are actually talking about wanting to be kind of crown as a, a, a big tight end in this league and for fantasy is David Njoku of the Cleveland Browns. So his ADP is currently at 7.11. So he's going even further down than the guy Vance McDonald we just talked about. But I think some of what's happening is, is people are seeing that maybe he's just the last guy in line here uh, to try and get some food in this offense. And he's just maybe not going to eat as much. I look at after that eat week eight transition that we talk about when kitchens took over and, and the Cleveland Browns fired Hugh Jackson, Najoku finishes as only the tight end 10 in PPR rankings, 36 for, uh, he got 25, uh, catches on 36 targets for 342 yards and only two touchdowns with Nick Chubb emerging there. Obviously OBJ, uh, Kareem hunt will eventually be back in this offense. Even Rashard Higgins is getting love in camp right now. Mm -hmm. Jarvis Landry exists. Like there is just so Callaway they're saying has has gained another step. Exactly. So, as we've always talked about, we think that this equals a, uh, you know, a breakout for Baker. Just statistically, if you're looking at all these mouths he can feed at any time. But as far as David Njoku being a consistent every week starter for you, I think he's more of a streaming guy, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I I second that. There's a lot of people coming out saying that they really and that they really like David Njoku this year, including. Uh, Someone we have on our show quite often, stepmom Lauren. She loves David and Joku this year, and I'm I unfortunately to her, Travis. I I just can't agree with that. I just can't yeah. come around to liking him. Like I love the stat you talked about. You know, everyone wants to talk about oh Freddie Kitchen's upgrade, but realistically, at that tight end for David and Joku, it wasn't really an upgrade. You know, he had slightly more yards over the second half of the year, same touchdowns, a little bit more in receptions. Uh, or actually, uh, sorry, fewer in receptions, Travis. And then he had eight red zone targets all last year. Now, the guy that they're bringing in from New York, yeah, that guy takes up a lot of those red zone touches. And so it's hard for me to say, yeah, he's going to get eight red zone touches again this year. So for me, yeah. I just can't take this step. And I, I, I find myself passing all the time on David and Joku in drafts uh, for even guys beyond uh, Vance McDonald that we just talked about. So I yeah, can't. Yeah, we talk about there. that red zone opportunity for Njoku. And we just look to another team here in, in the New Orleans Saints who's mm-hmm. very hyper efficient in the red zone. And they bring in Jared Cook, who is our number eight tight end in our PPR rankings. His ADP right now is 6.12. You talked about him on the top of the show, Johnny, as a guy you're drafting consistently. 
So talk to me a little bit about why you love Jared Cook so much right now. Well, Travis, one thing, if you look at what he did last year, I know he's an older tight end, but he still put up 68 receptions for 896 yards and six touchdowns. That was good for the tight end number five last season. He had 99 targets uh, for the Oakland Raiders. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, the Oakland Raiders didn't have a lot of targets last year. So the majority of the balls went to him. But I kind of look at this offense for the New Orleans Saints. And I think, tell me I'm wrong, Travis, but I feel like he would instantly become the third big target there behind uh, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. And so I look for, you know, Cook to be that field stretcher for them. And here's the thing that I really, really like, Travis. And it, it did concern me when I first was looking up this stat. Last year, he had 15 red zone t uh, targets last season. And I was like, oh, my gosh. They're, okay, there's no way he's going to be able to get 15 red zone targets this season. But then I look at Benjamin Watson and what he did last year in this same offense. He had nine, Travis. So it's yeah. to, to say that uh, Jared Cook, who is a far better tight end than Ben Watson is, can't haul in six more or see six more targets in the red zone than Ben Watson. Well, and, I, and I'm like, I, yeah, I think he can. Yeah. I think, I think you're hitting it right there. We're looking at a team in new Orleans that really needs great value or really needs this position to get some help right now. And so they brought in cook for a reason. If you look at breezes fall off in the last month of the, of the year, you look at guys that weren't Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas. So if you took the league and you grouped it by running back wide receiver, tight end, and you looked at these pass catchers, the highest rated for New Orleans, other than Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, was Mark Ingram, a running back at 81 catches. So, or at 81 as number 81 in that ranking. So, like, they weren't getting the ball to more playmakers. And so I think they brought in Jared Cook specifically to help bridge that uh, production decline in Drew Brees' game last year. I mean, you look at New Orleans, they're hungry for a tight end since Jimmy Graham. You know, oh, Jimmy yeah. Graham is notably not on this top 10 list. And the reason is um, the reason that the New Orleans Saints are looking for somebody, you know, uh, is because they haven't had anybody finish inside the top fan at top ten, top five at the tight end position in the last five years. So uh, since Jimmy Graham left. So I, I just look at Jared Cook as a guy where opportunity is going to meet talent. And you always want that um, as opposed to a guy like David Njoku, who we just talked about who is purely talent and the opportunity may not be there like we want it to be great. Point. Speaking of a guy who took care of his opportunity last year, nobody scored more touchdowns at the tight end position than Eric Ebron of the Indianapolis Colts. His ADP is through the roof at five eleven. He is our number seven PPR too early tight end. And I tell you what, like people are trying to make this, you know, Eric Ebron versus Jack O'Doyle, just crowning O'Doyle, basically saying O'Doyle rules. You know, <laughs> so like uh, I love what Ebron did last year. And I think we need to take a, a second and look at what he did. He joined uh, Tyler Eifert as the only tight end since 2013 to have 13 or more touchdowns. So we're talking about a span of five, you know, six years where, you know, double digit, really high double digit touchdowns. But let's take a look at that Ebron versus, you know, Doyle splits. Uh, in 16 games uh, that Ebron played, he only started eight of them because of Doyle existing. Doyle played and started in six of those games. Um, Doyle received 32 targets to only Ebron's 22. But Ebron with seven touchdowns during that span. We are seeing a situation where maybe 
uh, because you look at average depth of target. Ebron had 10 and a half. Doyle had 5.5. Mm. The Colts know what they have in Ebron. He's a playmaker. They're going to put him in space, especially with Frank Reich. He comes from that Andy Reid tree. Like they are going to put their best player in position to win. Uh, not saying he's their best player, but they're, you know, he's going he's gonna to get in position. I really like what they have. I think we see an offense where maybe both of these guys could benefit being on the field together. Yeah, Travis. I mean, I think that's the big point here, right? Because you're looking at the stats, but if you also look at the finishes and when they both played, they actually were both playable as tight ends, right? Like one, um, I don't have the exact numbers, but I, I was researching it yesterday and it wasn't like, like if O'Doyle was the tight end three for the week, Ebron was like the tight end nine. Or yeah. if if Ebron was the tight end one or two, Jack Doyle was the tight end eight or nine. And yes, there were a couple of ones that were, you know, Ebron was one or two and then Doyle was 14. But I think that had to do a little bit more so with his injury. So what I this is what I actually think uh, about the tight end situation there in Indianapolis. They've always kind of used two tight ends. If you think back, even, you know, to to Allen and, and Kobe, Kobe back cleaner. Yeah. And so I think what we're going to see is a lot of that. They brought in a lot of playmakers. So my concern isn't, you know, the yardage isn't particularly high for Ebron. And that's where the concern is. Because, um, you know, I, I expect Doyle to take a lot more of the between the 20s uh, gameplay and have Ebron more in the red zone. And so for me, you know, Ebron's a nice little piece in a tight end landscape that's, um, you know, last year didn't do too well. But I, I Doyle is there. So that's I do have that concern. I can't tell you I'm, I, I wouldn't be lying if I didn't say that having Doyle there does scare me. I thought it was super cool about Eric Ebron that in his first four seasons in the in the NFL, he only scored 11 touchdowns total. Yeah. But in his first season with the Colts, he scored 13. So you talk about a tight end who finally gets into the right system and produces. And we're following up with Ebron with uh, Jared Cook. Like, you just can imagine what it looks like to get somebody in the right place. It's really yeah, cool. and I, I just think it's crazy to like we're just going to write off Ebron because we think that Doyle just eliminates him from the game. But like I said, seven touchdowns when Doyle was on the field as well. And like all last year, Frank Wright could not stop talking about Ebron and he was elite and then the athlete that he was. And so we're kind of seeing a team almost redraft Ebron as, you know, the Lions tried to do it and couldn't get it done. Reich was like, oh, we'll take your, you know, your trash and make it into treasure. Pretty do, much. You, do, the we the, do the additional weapons that they brought in can make you concerned? Because now they have they have Paris Campbell. They do, yeah, right. And, Not and, only Paris Campbell, but Devin Funches, yes. who's a huge red yes. zone uh, target. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we know that Andrew tight ends are the most tight ends. Tight ends we are the most it. fluky part about from year to year you can never predict the tide uh, the touchdowns that's why i don't necessarily like leaning on that stat and saying yeah the tight ends were great or the touchdowns were great but what are the what's the likelihood he's going to repeat that and are you paying for those touchdowns uh this year is that what you're up paying uh, up you're you're paying for it's a little different though if you're if you're looking at an offense that 
prides itself in producing a lot of red zone targets. So it's true, you know, you you can have you can have yes, touchdowns are volatile, but if that team consistently throws to the tight end in the red zone, then you're at a situation. And that... I just think for a guy who was going 17th off the board last season, there's going to be a lot of that surprise factor when you see 13 touchdowns. Right. Oh shit, we're not going to make the same mistake. Are we right. allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes, yes, we uh, have the like, explicit oh, not, up. So you know, we're not going to make those same mistakes. Right. So you could see a real big boost in his ADP this year, but yeah, and we and we have, and that's the the problem. And the other thing, uh, you know, just another guy that's kind of creeping up in ADP is Hunter Henry, uh, number six tight end off the board for us in PPR, two early rankings, Los Angeles Chargers. One of the most heartbreaking injuries last year as as this is what we call like a post-hype sleeper. Mm-hmm. Basically, Hunter Henry is a guy that was getting all this love last year and then wrecked his ACL in the middle of training camp and was out for pretty much the entire year, came back a little in the playoffs. Um Sitting there at 6.05, Johnny, we really got to dive in because, you know, this is a guy that Whisper Nation may not be familiar with because of the year off. You know, we have that recency bias. uh, Take us through what he was like when he was uh, playing for the Chargers. Here's what I'm going to say, Travis. If if Whisper Nation hasn't heard of Hunter Henry, continue to ignore his name. And you're going to sound shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that face. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why you should pass on Hunter Henry, okay? I understand right. I understand everyone's excitement, all the hype. Hunter Henry's back. He was, uh, like you said, a sleeper last year going into the season. Travis, this is a, a – let me remind everybody, this is a tight end that has yet to play a full 16 games in his career. He tore his ACL last year. He tried to come – he played a little bit at the end. Um, we do know that Philip Rivers does like his tight ends, but the best finish that he had was two years ago, and he was the tight end 14. Gates was the tight end 12 during that year. And if you look at Gates over that same span, they haven't had a top five tight end in years. Like I'm talking four or five years ago was the last time we actually are talking about a really fantasy relevant tight end in LA. They have so many weapons there, Travis. This isn't the days of where Antonio Gates and the tight end position was the number one position for them. They've got they've got Keenan Allen on the outside. They have Melvin Gordon who can, they can check down. They have uh Austin Eckler. They have a big target in Mike Evans uh, or Mike Williams on the outside. So well, for that, me that's who I'm that's that's who I really want to talk about here is Mike Williams. I mean you hit it right on the head, all these other weapons, but Mike Williams was essentially their tight end last year. He got 14 red zone targets. Mm-hmm. Gates got nine himself, and then Tyrell Williams even got seven. So, yes, Williams is gone. I think Gates will – I don't know what they're doing with Gates, if he's going to come back late again or not. Um, but, you know, what Mike Williams is a presence, and he's coming into his own as a touchdown machine for this right. team. I just think he competes too hard with Henry here, and I really mm-hmm. like what you said here. Draw a line in the sand. We can't be just – drafting guys because we're so excited about what they could be eventually we have to write them off as not being that and not being what we've thought up in our head um now if if hunter henry were were going in like the ninth or tenth you know where in joku or cook are going then i would say okay like i'm fine taking the stab there because he essentially has to hit from this exactly exactly yeah so from uh that you know big-bodied Hunter Henry. We're going to an even bigger-bodied O.J. Howard of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a guy I think we are equally excited about here from the Tampa Bay Bucks. 
He is in the fifth round, though, Johnny, so you are going to have to pay a little price for O.J. Howard here. But my thing is, Johnny, Tampa Bay is revamped. Bruce Arians comes in, obviously. But let's look at who left. Uh, Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson. 103 targets for Adam Humphrey, 72 targets for Deshaun Jackson gone out of this offense. That's 175 targets gone from this offense. Um, in Bruce Arians' last two years in Arizona, he was top five in the NFL in attempts and pass attempts per game. Mm-hmm. This offense will be throwing the ball, and I think O.J. Howard stands to benefit. Yes, historically, Bruce Arians hasn't used the tight end all that much, but historically, Bruce Arians has never had O.J. Howard. Right. So let's talk about the talent that is O.J. Howard here and what he can do for the Buccaneers. It's I just, similar to Juju, similar to uh, my stance on Vance McDonald's, mathematically, I don't see a situation where O.J. Howard isn't going to be the benefit, you know, if he stays on the field if he isn't going to be the benefit of a lot of work in this offense. Yeah, and and Travis, uh, a couple of things. You pointed out, you know, a lot of people are talking about the B.A. and how he doesn't use tight ends. Well, if I'm if I'm a fantasy player, I am playing that up. Please tell people that. Tell people, <laughs> yeah, don't draft O.J. Howard. Bruce Arians doesn't use tight ends because I'll tell you right now, as a major fan of the Arizona Cardinals, I've watched – almost every play of the Arizona Cardinals under BA. And the thing about Bruce Arians was, or is he loves using tight ends. Actually, he will go. Sometimes he'll use three tight ends in one set on, on a play. And, and so the big thing for Bruce Arians is, can you block? And, to the shock of both you and I this morning, uh, Cameron Bray is still on this team. <laughs> but here's the thing is that Cameron Bray is horrible at blocking. That was the whole reason why they drafted OJ Howard was because not only is he a, a you know athletic freak and is really good at the position, but he is a great blocker. And so well, we know where he went to school, right, Johnny? Yes, we do. Alabama. Exactly. Right? So they they do this with their running backs they do this with their obviously their linemen but even their wide receivers their tight ends they love hammering in how to block there nick saban is a fundamentals guy yep and so uh that means to me because i know bruce arian and bruce arians and his coaching style oj howard is going to stay on the field because he can block and bruce arians likes using tight ends in his schemes He's just never had a good one. And so, um, you know, you've seen spurts of this uh, in Arizona with some some weeks with Ricky Seals-Jones and some with, um, uh, what was his name, the other tight end? Uh, Gresham. Gresham, thank you. Jermaine Gresham had a few weeks at the end of two seasons ago where he had like three touchdowns, three or four touchdowns in three games. And so the ability is there. It's just getting the two to click and i think oj yeah. howard is the perfect guy for the perfect system for ba and i expect him like i said to be a top in the top three discussion next year when we're talking the same time of year well i couldn't agree more with you there we take a look next at our next guy here number four our ppr rankings evan ingram new york giants uh the fantasy industry is kind of taking a liking to the fact that obj is gone here they're moving Evan Ingram up to 6.08 at the ADP at the position. The only thing I really want to touch on here with is the Pat Shermer connection. If we're looking at the talent in that receiving core, yes, Golden Tate's there. Yes, Sterling Shepard's there. 
I think physically, athletically, Evan Ingram is the most talented uh, receiver they're going to have other than Saquon Barkley, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you look at Pat Shermer, he started his career as a tight end coach at Michigan State. He was a tight end coach as early as 2016 for the Vikings. Deep dive. He coached the Vikings from 26 to 2017, so two years. And in that span, Rudolph was the tight end eight in 2017, and he was the tight end two in 2016. I think Shermer is going to find a way to get Evan Ingram a lot of work in this offense. And with that offensive line and with that and with the decline of Eli Manning, uh, he's going to be a target for him. Yeah, Travis, in 2017, if you look at the games where without OBJ, because OBJ only played four games that season, he had five top five finishes and the other and another game, he was tight end number six. So you're getting six top ten uh, or six top 10 tight end finishes during that span and now you're saying you're taking away obj for sure like i said i think evan ingram will be the touch you know the red zone guy other than saquon he's a big bodied he's super athletic uh i really really like evan ingram this year as well it's just a matter of how much you can pay for him now we're going to break away from the guys that everybody kind of wants to get into the top tier to the guys that are the top tier, that big three. We're going to start with George Kittle, uh, ADP of 3.08. He's of the San Francisco 49ers. And, Johnny, I really want to focus on Kittle and our next guy, Ertz, as who do you take here, George Kittle or Zach Ertz? Because right now the industry is a little bit of a split, and you see a lot of people ranking here and there with each guy. So I wanted to dive a little bit in deep into this. Obviously, we have three games only last year with Garoppolo and Kittle together. I don't count a lot of what happened at the end of the Niners year, the year before, because Kittle was a rookie and you don't have a lot of success as a rookie, usually as a tight end or a wide receiver. So he was um, in, you know, he was the tight end number four in that span. So uh, small sample size, I know, but I think that there's going to be some good things here. And I think it's because Kittle is an extremely efficient and effective route runner. He gets deep on his routes. He has great break. Like he runs Gronk-esque routes in uh, his route tree. 15.65 yards per reception. You look at Ertz, he only gets 10 yards per reception. Mm. 9.9 yards per reception after contact for Kittle, where Ertz is only at 3.32. Kittle is is more of a physical specimen route running tight end you know, mini Gronk, if you will, than Ertz, who feasts off volume. Now, in PPR, you can see why you want that. Um, you know, you you could talk a little bit about the targets and receptions here for Kittle, but I just really like what Kittle brings to the table as an athlete when you're comparing the two. Yeah, sure. Um, Kittle is the better athlete, but Travis, I don't care about how athletic you are. They're, they're playing football. They're both athletic. And to discount Ertz because of that I I just I'm not on that boat uh with you but you know I like I want volume I want here's the thing this is the biggest difference maker for me and why I definitely 100% would take Ertz over Kittle and look at the situations uh that that you have in Philadelphia versus the 49ers you look at the Philadelphia Eagles situation, two did they add? They added Deshaun Jackson over this offseason. 
Now, that addition is only going to and help. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in the draft and Miles Sanders at the running okay. back position who catches passes. Okay. But, yeah, uh, I know what you're trying to say here, but I don't, I'm not, you're not going to get me to admit that Philadelphia is less talented than San Francisco. No, no, no. I'm not saying that they're less talented. Can I finish my argument and then oh, you can sure. counter it? So my point isn't the fact the talent at all. My fa- The point is, is that Ertz, the people that they added are only going to line up behind Ertz in targets. They're Carson Wentz loves Zach Ertz. He's not going to suddenly veer off, you know, exponentially off of Zach Ertz because they added Deshaun Jackson and Sanders. Okay, you look at what the 49ers did this offseason. They added another running back in Tevin Coleman. They added uh, uh, two rookie wide receivers, one of which will be uh, a, a wide receiver in, in um, Dabo, who I think is going to be a monster. Debo Samuel. Or Debo, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, thank you. And then you have Pettis, who a lot of people, including me, are huge sleepers on. He's a sleeper for me. So all, here's the difference is, is Kittle still going to be good? Yes, he's going to be good. He's going to be a top right. three. But he's the weapons they added make targets take away, whereas if uh, for you're Zach Ertz, same, his... You're his, making the same argument that I'm making for Deshaun Jackson and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Miles Sanders coming into this offense that you just made for the Niners. Like, there is going to be the same thing. Kittle is just as talented, if not more talented than Zach Ertz, in my opinion, and therefore... Do you think that Shanahan and Garoppolo are going to suddenly stop throwing to Kittle? But here's the thing. Zach Ertz, or I mean, Kittle was their only option last year, dude. They had nobody. Everyone kept getting injured, so he kept getting all these receptions. Zach Ertz, nothing changed for him. He's still in the same – he's still – going to be doing the same thing the Nothing quarterback changed that he's, except for Deshaun Jackson JJ Arcega White okay how many okay how many those realistically all, how many targets is, is down threats to Zach Ertz huh those are all legitimate touchdown threats to Zach Ertz is what I'm getting at I okay agree to disagree because that all right well whisper nation could let us know yeah. for sure who they they you know because I think we're split on this which is great like um, and we'll have we to should, we'll go, let's we'll do a bet a let's do a let's do a oh, whisper wager right now all yeah. right yeah I'll I'll take Kittle. All right, I got Zach Ertz. And PPR. Yep, and PPR. Yeah, which is probably the bad bet for me because it was going to be a bad bet no matter what. Either way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, not a bad bet is Travis Kelsey, who's our number one PPR tight end in our early rankings of the Kansas City Chiefs, ADP of 2.05. Absolute monster. There's not much we can say here. Johnny, he's really good at football. Um there, you know, we talked about a little at the top of the show. No Tyreek Hill here. You know, that's twelve touchdowns out of this offense. Obviously, Kareem Hunt's gone too. So, how much production will they get out of Damian Williams, or or if Hyde takes over, um, if Damian Williams can't get it done? So, what does that mean for Kelsey? Could he possibly be even better than he was last year? Um, I mean, yeah, it is possible. You look at what what he's done over his career, Travis. Last five years, he's finished seventh, eighth. First, second, first. Well, one thing that that data kind of shows me is that this year he's going to play second behind my boy Zach Ertz <laughs> because if you look at Zach Ertz, he oh goes ninth, God. sixth, third, second. Only way up is one. So, uh, but no, realistically, uh, Travis Kelsey, especially with the Tyreek situation, the guy is just going to ball out. It, like you said in the top of the show, 
Travis Kelsey is on a very own platform of his own. He's a tier one, uh, and then you kind of break it off to tier two as far as Ertz and, yeah, and Kittle. Yeah, Travis go. Kelsey is like Big Travi on this show. He's in a tier above himself. Oh, oh, oh you hear that, Chelsea? Wow. <laughs> you guys are kind of fighting over which tier is, you know, underneath <laughs> me. But We're trying to get more targets. Tier dude. one. It's We're the tra- Travis tier. <laughs> Even Travis Carney, who asked us that question, he's in that. Tier okay, too. so I, I, we know how good Travis Kelsey is, Travis. But here's my question for you, and I think this is more so uh, what Whisper Nation is probably wondering: Do you take? Are you confident if you were to take Kittle in the second round? You're going to have to spend an early second rounder in order to get him. Would you do that? Are you confident in taking that with the ability or to? You're talking about Kelsey taking? Yeah. Kelsey what did in the I say? Round? Kittle. Oh, See, sorry. You just know that Kittle's the yeah, greatest. Yeah. Uh, we agree. No, uh, Travis Kelsey, excuse me. Um, I don't find myself drafting Travis Kelsey, but let's be very honest here. He is the closest thing to Gronk we've had since Gronk in Gronk's prime. And so this is exactly kind of where Gronk was going. And sometimes Gronk was going in the first. So yeah. literally you could take Kelsey. I could, I'm not going to be mad at you. I just don't find myself drafting Kelsey there because of the plethora of great wide receiving options mm-hmm. that happen in this turn when you're at two, uh, the beginning of the second round. So I don't personally, I wouldn't advise it, but I don't, I don't doubt you for doing it, especially yeah. if you do that. You know, the, what we talk about is the three elites. If you're trying to stack three elite players at the position, that's a good, that's a good bet to get a positional advantage over everyone yep. uh, if you draft Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. Well, that concludes our top 10, two early PPR rankings. Chelsea, I'll hand it over to you if you've got anything for us here. Yeah, it didn't feel too early. There was a lot of spice and heat on these conversations. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, from Johnny, I'm going to let you finish, but I got to make my point. It's yeah. <laughs> happening over here. Uh, I just want to say, I think it's interesting. Like memory is such a funny thing when it comes to fantasy football. We talk about recency bias a lot. Johnny, you know, I think the one stat you blew up was Jermaine Gresham. He never had three touchdowns for the Cardinals. He had two touchdowns for the Cardinals. Was it two Uh, and two games? It was two and uh, two games, right? Yes, yes. But it wasn't three. Um, But I just my point with that is it's memory's funny, right? Uh, And what felt like a down year for tight ends last year, tight ends uh, combined for 2,333 receptions and 26,557 receiving yards in 2018. That's actually the fifth biggest season for tight ends in NFL history. So we think about last year and uh, tight ends really bombing and just not being productive, but that's just actually not true. The interesting part of that is that most of that production came from three tight ends. Yeah. So we had Kelsey Ertz and Kittle top 250 PPR points that season, which was the most players in history to hit that uh, mark at that position in a single season. So I think there's this great divide happening where tight ends are like actually starting to be heavily influential, but the greatness is totally rising to the top because you had seven players in the position score more than 150 points. Uh, which was Kittle, Ertz, Ebron, Jared Cook, Hooper, Kyle Rudolph, and Travis Kelsey. And that is the fewest tight ends to hit that mark since 2008. So even the next best, it's still a smaller amount of people hitting that. But it's still one of the you know top five seasons in history. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, cool. and like you know, Chelsea hit it right there. It's top heavy, and so that's why we get to this. You know, we get this excited ADP. You can see it in the industry's ADP. Is like people like Evan Ingram, OJ Howard. We're trying to. We're all trying to buy their their ability to touch that top tier. Right. So 
I've got one other thing on that. Since we started with the Jets being the worst destined for <laughs> worstness, uh, Jets haven't had a single tight end finish in the top five in fantasy points at the position since 1994. So wow. Whisper Nation, some of y'all weren't even alive when that was happening for the Jets. <laughs> oh. uh, but I think it's a, uh, it's you know, Jets are destined for destined for suckage. As we- Chris Herndon, that's a little shout out to Chris Yeah, that Herndon. was your maybe boy. Maybe he can break that. Maybe he can break that uh that curse there. And I'm going to do more of that uh reporting in the next week. So if Whisper Nation has more questions for bringing them please to the show next do. week, send them in, please. Well, we love you Whisper Nation. Thanks so much Chelsea for that. We uh we we want you to remind you guys if you want to comment below, tell us what you loved about the show, what you, you know, what tight end you guys are targeting and we can help talk you through that. As always, if you want to catch any of our content, Go to the fantasywhispers.com. Everything is there. It's a hub for all of the great content we're putting out. So please check it out. That's the fantasywhispers.com. For Johnny Game Time Hicks and Chelsea Lee Byers, I'm Big Travi, and we are out. Peace. Peace. Peace.